0: Hello and welcome to the EY India Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Dharanam, and in our latest episode of the Generative AI Unplugged series, we'll explore the widespread adoption of artificial intelligence in the financial services industry. From cost reduction to revenue growth, AI is reshaping the financial services industry at large. In this episode, we delve into crucial elements of AI implementation, the importance of having a strategic framework in place, and managing potential risks for a resilient future. To facilitate our discussion further, we're joined by Prateek Shah, Financial Services Consulting Leader at EY, and Kumar Abhishek, Partner of Technology Consulting, who spearheads intelligent automation and digital transformation for EY's financial services clients. Thank you, Prateek and Abhishek, for joining us in this episode. Thanks, Taranum. Let us dive right into it. So uh, Pritik, Generative AI has captured the interest of business leaders, investors, and consumers alike. Across all industries, we're seeing organizations either implementing or exploring specific use cases. How would you recommend organizations formulate a robust strategy and what are some of the key building blocks, particularly in the FS sector?
1: Thanks, Taranum, uh, for your insightful question. Uh, In my opinion, financial services firms are currently in the early stages of shaping their GenAI strategy. Uh, it's very similar to what happened when digital transformation happened a few years ago. In a recent uh, s- a global survey we did for financial services companies on GenAI, 78% of the respondents uh, have either implemented or are in the early stages of exploring the GNI use cases. Um, when a business leader thinks about implementing GenAI at an enterprise level, uh, you know, I would keep in mind key five consideration. One, what's the strategic objective with which you prioritize a use case uh, for GenAI? Whether this will be driven by uh, customer experience, efficiency, what would be the metrics and success criteria based on which you prioritize a use case? So that's one. Second, what will be your operating model uh, around implementing GenAI? Uh, will you build a centralized team that will set consistent standards? or whether you will allow different departments to do their own thing in terms of uh, bringing their own innovation on Gen AI use cases. So what sort of operating model in terms of building uh, a Gen AI and implementing it at an organization level? Third is the data and the technology architecture, uh, very key because whatever you build on Gen AI, needs to be sustainable and implemented consistently in the organization. So what are your standards around data that goes in building the models, training the model, and how technology supports it consistently is key. Uh, And therefore, tech and data architecture is very important. Fourth is people training and change management. Uh, Like digital, Gen AI is going to change fundamentally how we acquire service and manage customers, Uh, and therefore, Uh, making sure our people are ready to adopt and operate in a new world, just like a transition happened when organization moved from physical to digital. Gen AI is another big lever, uh, you know, in terms of change management, people and training is concerned. And last is uh, risk management. Uh, Gen AI brings itself multitude of risks from privacy to security uh, to cyber uh, as models and data will move seamlessly across, uh, you know, internal systems to various training models that may be hosted in any part of the world. Uh, so making sure that these are the five things that you keep in mind as you implement GenAI at an enterprise level is uh, critical.
0: Those are some really interesting insights, Pradeek. Uh, thank you for setting the context for our listeners. Now, when it comes to actual implementation, can you throw some light on how financial services firms should approach
1: it? So when it comes to implementation and actual usage of models, uh, organizations have two options. One is to procure and integrate commercially available pre-trained models, like of uh, ChatGPT and others, uh, you know, which work through API. Uh, and the other is to construct vertical LLMs pretty much grounds up using proprietary data. Each one has its own benefits, uh, but they got to be looked at it from a cost uh, as well as from a effort perspective. Using commercially pre-trained model obviously helps you reduce your speed to market, uh, but obviously they have to still be fine-tuned for organization and their own purposes. Uh, These models will be integrated via API, uh, and because you are using your own data to train them, and if you are not building them on private cloud, there is an element of data privacy because you might be using a lot of data which might not be necessarily residing within the country. Uh, Given financial services and the whole focus on data privacy, uh, some of these components need to be really borne in mind when you're using commercially uh, available models. Uh, On the other hand, building a vertical LLM in-house is a very labor-intensive process and, more importantly, requires the right skills uh, that you need to attract uh, to build uh, this. So there is an execution risk if you don't have the right skills uh, you may not necessarily be able to build your own uh, sort of uh, LLM. Uh, I believe a strategic implementation approach would be to construct in-house models exclusively for domain and speci- you know, specific use cases, uh, and therefore you building your own proprietary solution to meet your organization's unique needs. Uh, and at the same time, you could rely on more pre-trained foundation models for use cases that are not necessarily novel uh, and that would help from a speed to market and from a cost perspective as well.
0: Thanks, Vadeek. That. That's an interesting take. Uh, now, with the rapidly evolving landscape of the financial services industry, uh, we're seeing multitude of use cases emerging. Uh, specifically to you, Apashik, uh, can you share with our listeners some of the key applications and scenarios where such innovative solutions are making a significant impact?
2: Excellent question, Taranum, and probably the most asked question by your clients as well. See, if you look at banks and other financial services clients, you know they've been using AI in functions like credit risk and fraud detection for years. But the advent of Gen AI, there is is a significant shift from these previous approaches. In a recent survey we did, we found that uh, customer service and experience, product and service design, underwriting and onboarding marketing and sales and processes around collections and recovery were the top use cases for genai within financial services space and they were targeting significant improvement in in customer experience product innovation uh, cost reduction and and revenue acceleration now let me take an example you know we all are very much aware about the use of virtual agents within banks for answering customer queries The earlier versions were, you know, mostly question and answer based and had fixed answers to questions uh, without any personalization. But now with Gen AI, there is a very strong case to use intelligent virtual agents powered by these large language models which are personalized as well as understand and respond in a human like language and context. Now imagine we getting a personalized response from a virtual agent on our own. EMIs loan eligibilities, you know, charges, you know, new product offers, right on the call or a message. You know, internally, clients are also working on areas like uh, knowledge management, agent training, call classification and summarization, and a lot of work is also happening on on the engineering side, with use cases like business requirement documentation creation, um, user story creation, application development code migration, and testing. And as Prateek mentioned earlier, it is important to note that despite all of these advancements, Generative AI is still in its early stages and its effective utilization really relies on an ecosystem where it collaborates, augments with humans, and leverages the best of both.
0: Thanks, Abhishek. Uh, you'd agree that a discussion on GenAI remains unfinished without uh, talking about the accompanying risks. And these risks are more pronounced for financial institutions, considering the sensitive nature of data that they deal with. By now, the risks of GenAI are well known, but the key question is uh, how can leaders manage these risks and be better prepared for the future?
2: That is so much important, then, and, and especially within the financial services space as they face so much regulatory scrutiny, given the nature of businesses. You know some of the key risk considerations when thinking of implementing Gen AI within enterprises would be number one, you know, risk related to models, you know, whether it is proprietary model, open source model, or any hybrid setup, there are greater chances of, you know, biases, hallucination, and toxicity showing up in the model responses. You now, the LLMs can sometimes even generate plausible sounding outputs, but may lack factual accuracy or logical coherence. We need to think of ways on how we can manage all of this and improve model outputs. You know. Secondly, uh, risk related to data. The LLMs are as good as the data they are trained on, and if the training data is biased, incomplete, toxic, inaccurate, or sometimes even not relevant to the use case, it can cause hallucinations in the model outputs. So it is important we follow some best practices with LLN, for example, you know, data minimization, encryption, and access control, et cetera, to manage some of these risks. Third, and a very critical one would be regulatory and compliance-related risks. You know, since the regulatory landscape is still evolving in India and globally, it is important for organizations to keep an eye on the regulatory developments across regions to proactively prepare for the regulations that could come come into play for Gen AI. And enterprises must also consider risk around compliance, conduct and data that may potentially violate and regulations of the state or jurisdiction. There are also a few important risks to consider. For example, uh, risk related to technology, third party risks, uh, IPR related risks, which need to be thought through when thinking about Gen AI within enterprises.
0: Great to hear your thoughts on that, avashi And uh, thank you and Pradeek for taking the time to speak with us on this really pertinent topic. I think all our listeners definitely have a lot to take back from this episode.
2: Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Saran. Thank you.
0: Thank you to all our listeners for joining into this insightful discussion. Your feedback and questions are invaluable to us. Feel free to share on our website or email us at markets.eyindia at the rate From all of us at Eva India, thank you for tuning in.